Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hour number two of Oilers Now brought to you by World of Spas. Aching after a long day, World of Spas offers tubs designed with your relief in mind. Rest, recover, and relax with World of Spas. Alberta's number one swim spa dealer. Visit worldofspas.com. Hey, due to popular demand, New West Travel has added a second package on the exclusive Oilers Now road trip to Montreal to watch the Oilers play the Canadians. This is a January road trip. This package includes airfare, three nights in a deluxe hotel in downtown Montreal, game tickets in a private suite with food and drinks, and of course, a welcome reception with yours truly and special uh, guests. Experience the incredible hockey history in Montreal in January. To be a part of this awesome Montreal roadie, visit newwesttravel.com. As we head off to the River Cree Resort and Casino Hotline, the River Cree Resort and Casino Excitement Bet On, we welcome back to the show 630 Kids Inside the Game analyst Rob Brown. Hello, Rob. How you doing? I'm doing very good tonight, Bob. How are you? Good. I'm good. Uh, all right. Let's get right to it. Your thoughts on the Heritage Classic. It was incredible. You know, I, I went to it with you know, high expectations. Uh, I, there's been so much hype about it over the last you know, month to two months leading up to it. So I did have high, expect, high expectations, and it exceeded them. It, it was so cool. Like, I'm dating myself and showing how old I am when I say the word cool, but that's the only way I could explain it to my to my buddies when I said, I'm like, I'm sitting at the glass, and I'm right by the both teams here as I'm doing the show, the, the jerseys both teams wore were incredible. The atmosphere, the having nickel back. I, I took in the atmosphere because I went into the media tent to watch the game, but I'd come out into the concourse and watch the game from up there, and it was just so neat yeah. seeing them playing. So, yeah, I, I thought the, both the NHL and Edmonton Oilers group uh, did an incredible job, and then it just made that much better. I think all outdoor games should be won by the home team because you got all those people in the crowd, but I thought they were all entertained. And went home happy. Yeah, you guys did your pregame show uh, where Jack and me ended up broadcasting the game from, which was right next to the penalty box at ice level with no risers either. My, so, uh, you know, we knew that there was a chance we'd see a new wrinkle. It was tough to, at that, where we were, and you know where we were. Um, yeah. And it's not lost in anybody that, you know, I mean, you you played the National Hockey League, and if you work your way as a up as a broadcaster, you work in smaller facilities, and then you get in. The further you are away from the action, the easier the game looks. The closer you are to the action, you realize, holy, you know how incredibly fast and gifted the players are and competitive it is. Um, all that said, it was difficult to ascertain how significant the change for me in the first period, how significant the changes were to the Oilers' defensive structure, because Calgary was never in the Oilers' end of the first <laughs> period, like Edmonton did it. But obviously, they played with way greater urgency and executed their game plan quite well, five on five. They did. I, I think it was a combination of both. I thought the Oilers played freer. I don't think there was so much thought as just more instinct. And for any any player in any sport will tell you that when they have to think, 
it, it, there's that slight hesitation. When they play by instinct, there is none. So I think there was partly they played freer. The other one was Calgary. Uh, they are an offensively challenged team. And we saw that. We talked about it before the season started that, you know, who's going to score the goals for Calgary? And uh, they, Lindholm, who I thought has been fantastic over the last number of years, was invisible. Jonathan Huberdeau, who when they made that trade for Kachuk, we're all thinking, okay, you know what? They lost Kachuk, but they did okay. Huberto was invisible in that game. And if those two guys are invisible, well, you're in trouble because there's not a lot of other depth players that can score. Uh, that team, unfortunately, is going to be going through some trying times for a while. But the Oilers, on the other hand, they limited the chances. And if there was a, a breakdown or a mistake, Stuart Skinner, for the third straight game, gave him a quality start. Yeah, uh, Mackenzie Weger, who came over in that Kachuk Huberto trade, he was probably the best of the Flames. They didn't have Rasmus Anderson on the back end, but I'm totally with you. They had a lack of punch up front. Uh, punch. Maybe that got it started for Vander Kane. It started uh, with the game at home where he got in the fight with a former teammate, Brendan Dillon. And then he stepped up and fought uh, a week ago today in St. Paul, Minnesota. Not for Connor McDavid, who was not playing, or Leon Dreisettle or Ryan Nugent Hopkins, but for Derek Ryan, a fourth-line player. I'd like you to comment on that as a guy who's played on the first line and also on the fourth line. Well, it means a lot to a player <laughs> that someone's standing up for you. And I think that is the fact mentality that all good teams have. It doesn't matter who you go after. We're going to protect him. He's a teammate, whether he's wearing number 97 or number 10. He's part of the team. And we're going to make sure that we stand up for him. Derek Ryan's not a fighter. But if, if someone is out there taking liberties on him, well, someone else is going to stand up for him. And uh, Evander Kane, uh, he made some comments. Uh, and there was some body language that showed that he was not happy with his ice time, which is perfectly fine. But when you get the opportunity, you better certainly do something with it. And he has. So he, he, he talked the talk and then he went out and walked the walk. Uh, Kane has been outstanding the last four games. Uh, he plays on the edge and sometimes crosses it. But playing on the edge puts the other teams on their toes. And he, uh, whether it's through physical play, big hits, whether it's through fights, uh, a tenacious forecheck, he's changed the complexion of, of the last four games at different types or different times in those games. Yeah, Evander Kane had to step up with the, the loss of Connor McDavid for a couple of games. And as we talked about the fact that there was an opportunity, there's going to be more ice time. Some players are going to have to do something with that ice time. The one player that certainly did in those games was Evander Kane, who uh, through the last four games might be, might have been the best Edmonton Oilers. All right, so he's getting stuff accomplished out there. Uh, his line with Nugent Hopkins and Hyman absolutely dominated. Eight uh, high-danger Corsi four attempts on the net, none against as a line, so that's a good sign. Uh, are you concerned about what's going on right now with Ryan McLeod and Dylan Holloway and Connor Brown? Um, okay, no, and, and all for three different, three different players, different reasons. Connor Brown, he's still coming back from injury. And it, I mean, having a year off without being injured, most players would take a long time before they found their game. But coming after a year off with a big major knee surgery, uh, Leon Dreisaitl said it right from day one of training camp. Let's not judge him until halfway through the season. That's when he's going to get back to where we need him to be. So I'm not worried about him. Holloway has had uh, some really good games. He's been quiet as of late. But to me, he's a guy that needs top six minutes. Because right now he's not getting those looks 
to be able to finish because he's been playing with, as you said, Ryan McLeod, who to me has been too perimeter. So I think Holloway will be fine. He just needs to have somebody be able to help him out offensively, get him some looks. Uh, but uh, for McLeod, he just needs to find the, the dirty areas. Uh, he has all the speed in the world. He's very good at transporting the puck from his his end or the neutral zone into the offensive zone. But the play isn't uh, – there's nothing happening offensively once he gets past the blue line simply because he's staying on the outside. He's not driving the net. If he goes wide, he goes wide and goes all the way behind the net. So to me, that's just a, a teaching moment. And that's a video moment showing him, hey, you, you're not Brett Hall. You can't score from distance. You're Ryan McLeod. You score from the blue paint. Drive the net. And if you drive the net, A, you'll get a scoring chance, or B, someone will take a penalty on you. But you have to put some fear in the defenseman. Right now, the defenseman just keep him to the outside. So I'm not worried about them, but I do know all three of them have more to give. Well, uh, right now, over 20 NHL games uh, since McLeod last scored, same for Connor Brown, dating back to his time in Ottawa. What's the longest you ever went without scoring a goal, Rob? And honestly, I, I don't remember. Um, I know my last couple of years I was more of a defensive player and I don't lose scoring about 15 a year. So there would have been stretches. Uh, I don't know if it was 20 games, but it, it does weigh on you. It, it certainly does. And especially at the beginning of the season, it's, it's the worst time to go into a scoring slump. Because as you know, every game you go to, there is Magnified. a package of stats. Yeah. And there's a package of stats given to you. And you look down the stats and right beside your name it says zero. And I remember one year I was coming, we were coming on our Western swing and I was playing in Pittsburgh and I know we were coming to Edmonton and I did not want to have zero beside my name when I went home and played in my home city. And I had scored the night before in LA. So when I came to Edmonton, I had a goal beside my name and it's funny. It's only one goal. It's only the difference between zero and one is just one. But I tell you the confidence building of, of scoring a goal and having that one there, just replacing that zero. So those players with zeros, it's affecting them. It's certainly affecting. And the problem is what it does, it starts affecting other parts of your game because now you start getting a little itchy and sometimes you get you, you feel like maybe I got to cheat a little bit and then it takes away from the defensive structure of your game. So uh, the best case scenario is those guys with zero somehow find the back of the net and find it soon. It's interesting after the game, Rob, uh, and you were doing the post-game show with Reed Wilkins and I was downstairs in the uh, media availability with uh, Connor McDavid and Zach Hyman and then Jay Woodcroft and Jay twice brought up this is a team that's won 100 games the last two years and played five playoff series and we got back to play in our game and we, we, we know they played differently defensively and they played with greater urgency but it was it was a real sort of emphasizing of the good things that have happened before and let's get back to doing what we do and this is how we do it what do you think of that from Jay? Well, it's huge. Well, I know that I've been asked before if you're in a scoring slump or if things aren't working, what do you do? You watch video of when things were good. You, you watch games. You yeah. watch. You go get the video guy, throw together the last 30 goals they scored, and you go home and you watch it just to feel good about yourself. And I'm sure that's what Jay's doing. He's talking about, you know what, this is a tough time we're in right now. But we've won before. We've had fun before. And the Oilers played with a little swagger last game, and they played with enthusiasm. And those were both missing in the first six games of the season. I honestly believe that 8-1 loss at the beginning of the season was a kick in the gut to them. And I, I think it shocked them. And it took them a little bit to get out of that. And then they lost the next game. It's like, okay, wait a second. But I do believe they had a little bit more swagger against the Calgary Flames. And it is something to build up. Now, if the Oilers would have lost that game, I still had full confidence this team's making the playoffs. But winning that game gives them a little more confidence, something to build off. And for four days, 
they've been able to feel positive about themselves, something they haven't been able to do since the beginning of the season. Thoughts on the Oilers uh, recalling and signing Sam Gagne? Well, it's a fun story. Um, uh, is this the exact lineup you want going into the playoffs? Maybe not, but it's a feel-good story for the Edmonton Oilers. Sam Gagne was a great Oiler for a number of years. One of my favorite moments of doing broadcasting is the game where he had eight points. I still remember that night. Uh, he's a good professional, and I know that you talk a lot about Evander Kane when things aren't going right offensively. He's not afraid to drop his gloves. Sam Gagne was like that too. There's been a couple of times in his past here with Edmonton where things weren't going right and he started to fight, and he's not a fighter. So he understands what it's like to be a professional, and they just added a very good veteran professional into a bottom six that has been struggling to start the year. All right, Rob, uh, you you, uh, you mentor kids. You're out as a skills coach, is that correct? Yep. Those kids all have neck guards? Uh, yeah, and we send them off the ice when they don't have their neck guards on. We make sure if you... And they don't want to wear them because, A, it doesn't look cool. And that's the main reason they don't want to wear them. Yeah. So when they come out trying to pretend they have one on and they don't, we send them right off the ice uh, to go put it on. I, I, I understand uh, why they, they make kids wear them and 100% behind it. Although I did see the video of this young man that died in yeah, England. Yep. That, that wasn't a hockey play. And I will be shocked if that other player isn't charged with manslaughter. That was not a hockey play. There's no way that that young man should have been uh, should have lost his life in a hockey game. That was absolutely horrific when I saw the video of what happened. But I do believe it is something, net guards, that uh, the NHL should talk about with the NHLPA and see if this is something going forward. Because one life lost... Is one too many. So we had Frank Cervalli on yesterday uh, from Daily Face off of the horses and horse racing Alberta. Rob Brown is joining us right now, Rob. Uh, Frank talked about T.J. Oshie uh, working with, a, uh, I believe he said, was it Warrior? I think with Warrior. Yep, I do. I think it was Warrior. I read that, yep. Yep, and uh, they, are, they are looking at basically having an undergarment that would go, that would cover the wrists and the neck that would be strong enough uh, that they could deal with that. Uh, as for the incident itself, you're pretty strong on it. Um, Mac Petgrave played at the University of New Brunswick. He's always had a physical dimension. Uh, I, I, I was frankly stunned when I watched the video high, how high the skate was. The, the, I mean, he was mm-hmm. c- completely, completely off balance on it. Um Nobody intends to injure anybody else. Nope. We both know that. But, man, oh, man, it was a, quite the confluence of events, to say the least. It was, and, and sad. And I know as I'm watch, if I'm watching as a parent or as the girlfriend of that player, uh, the one that passed away, yeah, you would be devastated. I know the, the, his, his girlfriend was in the stands. And, oh, my God, horrific, horrific for that family and for that girlfriend and for that, obviously, for the loss of life. Um, I do know that um, young players now, they they do have those undergarments where they, the neck guard is already on them. Uh, now, I know that they could probably improve on them. I know kids do wear it. I have not seen ones where they have it on the wrist, although that's a great idea. Yeah. If it's already on an underwear that you're already wearing, why not just add a little bit more extra protection? I'm 100% for that. I'm all about I'm protecting. I mean, yeah. I, was, I, was, I, was, I think I was the first ever player to ever wear a, a shield for the Chicago Blackhawks. No player had ever gone there and wore one, and I got traded with them. And I remember the, the press asking, are you going to take it off your shield? I'm like, why? I'm not a fighter. I said, I, I want to keep both eyes and preferably my nose somewhere in shape and not lose nine teeth. 
I, I'm, I'm all for protection because uh, you want to see these young men not only succeed on the ice, but when their careers are over, Prevail. you want them exactly. So, yeah, I think it's a great idea. And, and I mean, modern technology should be able to allow you to create things that a will protect, but also allow the player to feel free when he's on the ice. Great stuff, Rob. We'll see you on uh, Thursday when the Oilers take on the Dallas Stars. Sounds good, Bob. Take care. You bet. That is Rob Brown, our Inside the Game analyst. Want to tell you, guests and orders now receive gift cards to Japanese Village. Now open for lunch at Edmonton South and West Edmonton Mall, an afternoon celebration of the census. Visit jvedmonton.ca. Don and his staff will take care of you. We can uh, squeeze in some text coming up when we return on Oilers now. Uh, Brendan Escott uh, is with us along with... Uh, Reed Wilkins will swing by in the probably around 6.45. We're going to hear a clip on uh, Jay Woodcroft on Sam Gagne and Vincent DeHarnay on the emotion uh, scoring his first uh, NHL goal. This is Oilers Now at 6.22 in Edmonton. Happy Halloween from Bob Stoffer and Oilers Now. <laughs> Edmonton's News of Today's Talk. You know, I hear that, and I, I think of SCTV and Joe Flaherty, and he's playing Count Floyd, and he's sitting there calling his bookie. All right, uh, put uh, 200 on the Falcons to cover this week. Oh, wait, welcome back, kids. It was, it was really funny stuff. Loved it. Welcome back. I guess you have to see it. Uh, we talk about Brent Ridge Ford at 625 at Edmonton. Their presence award winners for customer satisfaction, their full transparency, and customer care after the purchase. Another big factor in the success in Brent Ridge Ford in Wetaskiwin, like any great franchise, stability. Here's some legacy-level stats. Service manager Kevin started back in 98. Sales manager Chris, he's a Flames fan. He started in 99. Uncle Milt, the rookie, joined in 02. I can tell you from personal experience, same with Cam Moon, that Brent Ridge Ford staff is committed to ensuring your customer experience is a positive one. Brent Ridge Ford's your Ford truck authority on the auto mile in Wetaskiwin. Just before we go to our prospect report, I want to read this text from Blake in Calgary. He said, Bob, any chance you can do a shout-out for kids with autism tonight? My son is nonverbal and can't say trick-or-treat. I was listening to another sports show, and they were talking about making kids uh, say trick-or-treat or even sing a song. So maybe we want to spread some awareness that not every child uh, has that ability. Thanks. That comes to us uh, from Blair in uh, Calgary. Uh, yes, uh, duly noted, Blair, and, and very appropriate. It's uh, And for a lot of children... Um, that are on the spectrum, they love uh, Halloween. So it's a, it's a big day for them, and uh, we always try to make things uh, fun for as many people as, uh, as possible that can get involved in these sort of situations. Let's head off to the Orders Now Prospect Report for Reface Magic. Save money on your kitchen renovation. Don't replace. Reface. Here's Brendan Escott. Okay, so Brady Stonehouse had a bit of a slower start getting back to the Ottawa 67s. Remember, he earned himself a contract out of training camp. Seven points now in his first 11 games. Three goals and four assists. Some other players have been uh, getting it going in the college rankings. Matt Capone, who they spent a seventh round pick on in this most recent draft. Uh, Where is he at? Four points in four games? No, five and five. And one of them, in fact, was uh, absolutely dazzling against Clarkson. He just dashed up the middle, split the defense with a little toe tuck moving into the net he went. So a spectacular one there. And then down on the farm, I mean, we got most of the farm report yesterday. We know how well uh, Raph Lavoie is playing. Jaden Group 
scored his first, uh, not only his first goal, but first couple of points for the Condors with two points in his first five pro games. Same can be said for Max Warner. And it sounds like a bit of a long shot for Lane Peterson to maybe play this weekend when they take on Coachella Valley. Uh, Mark in St. Albert is Texas on the Ashley Five Floors text line. He says, Bob, the reason the Oilers got their game going is because they changed their defensive structure and abandoned the pure zone defense. Just wanted to say, adds Mark in St. Albert, the Heritage Classic was fantastic. Very well done, except not enough communication to fans from ushers about the lineup length. Okay, well, that's going to, you know what? That's going to happen, especially when... Brennan, you were at all the football games this year. Had that kind of those kind of lineups for any of the games <laughs> well, this year? Obviously not. And uh, I don't think they had all that many ushers scooting around there. I mean, you got to remember it's the city's buildings, so ah. something to consider on that front. But I remembered the 2018 Grey Cup. Same problems: lineups for bathrooms and beers and all the rest of it. Yeah, uh, you know, I've often done NFL trips and uh, NCAA trips, and. I just remember back in 0405 uh, when we stayed at a uh, well, what we referred to as that Ramada. Uh, we went to uh, the Rose Bowl to see USC and UCLA, and let me tell you, lineups were long. Got a hundred thousand. It took us three and a half hours to get out of the parking lot after the game, and <laughs> Reggie Bush and Matt Leinart. And Lendale White uh, for USC dominated UCLA. Craig Briggs returned a punt for a touchdown in that game. Sounds like they've got a tight enough security down there in the Rose Bowl gallows. Allowing the likes of myself in there or something recent happened? No, no. All the Colorado Buffaloes got all their chains and stuff yeah, stolen, yeah. Well, right? That, you, you'd be surprised. Does that happen a lot? Well, you'd be surprised how often that happens. Mm. All right. Uh, yeah. Um, let's go off to a global news weather traffic update. James Dunn. We're going to uh, bring in Reed Wilkins, play a couple clips here, and uh, have what is hopefully a reasonably entertaining conversation after a global news weather traffic update.